I have found in my life that the analogy matches as we move to other aspects of life, other security concerns. And so one of the security needs, the deficiency needs, is self-esteem. And we talked last week about me realizing I had this fundamental lack of self-confidence stemming from a lack of self-compassion. Well, that was a fundamental need. And so I was deficient in that fundamental need. And it starts to change the perspective. And so I start to see things more in that lens. Welcome to the 42nd episode of the Leader Rising podcast. I'm Paul Carvanis, the host and coach of this podcast. We're thinkers and problem solvers, lovers and fighters, dreamers and creators. Life is so effing fascinating, and we want, with all of our being, to just dive in and live. During the summer of my first year of law school, I had the privilege of taking a big trip to Europe with a good buddy of mine from undergrad, backpacking, just hanging out and having fun. And there was one day afternoon, I remember pretty well, we'd just gotten to Rome. We did not have a place to stay. And so it was middle of the afternoon and we were hiking um, from hostel to hostel, trying to find a place with capacity for us. You know, this is a little while ago. Neither of us had a cell phone. This is before all hostels had free Wi-Fis and every person had a device to be able to make calls. So we were walking from place to place. And I remember being very focused. And I'm pretty sure my buddy remembers me being very grumpy. And at some point, after we checked out two places and they pointed us on towards a third, I just wanted to get there. And he said, let's stop and eat something. And I'm like, no, man, let's just get there. And he said, let's stop and eat something. I gave in. We sat down somewhere. We ate something. It was yummy. And I was smiling and joking and laughing. And he says, Paul, look at what a difference it makes. I'm like, what? He goes, you ate. You were hangry beforehand. And now look at you. You're in a good mood. You're laughing. I generally don't take myself too seriously. And especially when I'm in a good mood like that. He, he could have said whatever he wanted to me then and there. But it was a really interesting observation and one that I've I had then started to pay attention to. And he was sort of right that when I hadn't been eating for a little bit, I was ready to eat and I was so focused on food. And it's funny, as I'm telling this, I'm thinking of another example, which is arguably even better. Um, I had been dating Megan. We were going to uh, visit her parents in Leamington, Ontario. And we had just got off the subway. We were getting picked up by one of her cousins. And then the three of us were going to drive down together. This is pre-kids. And so we're sitting in the car and I'm in the front seat and I'm sort of scowling and there's traffic, this and that and blah, 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 blah. And then Megan pulls out a snack from her purse. It was like a like a granola and honey thing, like mostly dessert, looked super yummy. And she's like, here, I'm like, oh, here you go. And I gesture to her cousin. And she's like, no, 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 it's for you. And I ate it. And I was laughing and joking. And she's like, yeah, I, I, I hate to say it, but I need to make sure I bring snacks for my boyfriend. And it was funny just how much it affected my outlook. 
Now, don't worry. We're not going to sit here this entire podcast with me regaling you with stories of me getting hangry. I'm bringing these up for a reason. In the book Transcends, Scott Barry Kaufman has an interesting uh, little chapter on feeling hungry. He starts with a quote from Abraham Maslow. We should never have the desire to compose music or create mathematical systems or to adorn our homes or to be well-dressed if our stomachs were empty most of the time or if we were continually dying of thirst, dot, dot, dot. And to get a lopsided view of human capacities and human nature is to make the organism extremely and chronically hungry or thirsty. So Kaufman's talking about hunger and how lack of a reliable food source gives rise to food insecurity, which tends to produce certain negative behaviors. Increased impulsivity, hyperactivity, increased irritability and aggression, increased anxiety. So apparently the evidence that food uncertainty begets these behaviors is vast, including studying food deprivation on insects, birds, and, and mammals, and including people, you know, studies of people who are crash dieting and, and forced to undergo therapeutic starvation. And now these, this cluster of behaviors, he says, results specifically from extreme hunger, not from pre-existing personality differences. Basically, what came out of this is pretty common sense, I think. If you're hungry, you're more likely to work or pay for food and less likely to work or pay for a non-food reward. The, these things that happen to you are, are not a, f a failure of the system. It's in fact a feature, right? Like if you're hungry, your system prioritizes the things that are more likely to get you food sooner. And this part's interesting. If the alternative strategies keep failing to achieve their aim, anxiety and hyperactivity may eventually give way to depression and lethargy. This point is really key. It's prolonged food uncertainty that produces this cluster of behaviors, not complete deprivation. Prolonged food uncertainty causes so much psychological entropy that a sense of helplessness eventually sets in and other systems start deteriorating. And most strikingly, many of the behaviors that arise from hunger significantly reverse upon refeeding. We're hungry until we're not. And when we're not, we forget what it was like to feel hungry. Now look, this isn't all about food. I guess all I've been talking about is food so far, me getting hangry and then what food insecurity will do to people, which is basically change their view of life. It causes them to prioritize food-related rewards and deprioritize non-food-related rewards in an effort to satisfy this deficiency in a base need that they have. So what Kaufman did was get rid of the pyramid model that people had applied to Maslow's hierarchy of needs and instead introduce a sailboat model, right? There's the hull and the sail. The hull has your security needs, your deficiency needs, where if you're, if you're not meeting any of those needs, you're feeling a real deficiency. And the sail is the growth needs, the ones that you need to actually get moving and, and move towards self-actualization. So in the food insecurity example, a deficiency in that base need of theirs changed their viewpoint. They are more likely to deprioritize non-food rewards, more likely to prioritize food rewards. And I have found in my life that the analogy matches as we move to other aspects of life, other security concerns. And so one of the security needs, the deficiency needs, is self-esteem. And we talked last week about me realizing I had this fundamental lack of self-confidence stemming from a lack of self-compassion. Well, that was a fundamental need 
And so I was deficient in that fundamental need. And it starts to change the perspective. And so I start to see things more in that lens. And frankly, I saw this in myself. When I wasn't feeling that good about myself, future paths were interpreted in terms of how will they make me feel about myself? Will it give me something to be confident about? And it's what made me so achievement focused and not focused enough on being so worried about getting shit done that I didn't actually spend time existing in that space. Instead, I would just move from worry to worry to worry. Now, if you spend all of your life worrying, that's, that's not a great place to be. And I also see this in some people I talk to. I was chatting with a buddy recently who sort of idolizes people like Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, these people who essentially changed the world and made a ton of money while doing it. And there's a part of me that senses that some of this is at play. There's like a basic sense of, of self-esteem that's lacking a little bit. And so he imagines futures where he has created the next Tesla and thinks about how good he'll feel about himself when that happens. And so his current achievements aren't enough because he's still not feeling good. So maybe what he needs is more. If we go back to the analogy of a sailboat, most of the time, when you have holes in the hull of the boat below the waterline, the best thing to do is to patch those holes. It's not to think about where you're going to be sailing in the next few days, next few months, next few years, because you never know how the fact that you're taking on water will influence your decision-making. It'll cause you to prioritize certain outcomes and deprioritize others. When in reality, if you were to patch the hull, some of those just wouldn't be important. And other things that you didn't think were important would be of the utmost importance. So let me ask you, what hole below the waterline have you been doing your best to ignore? Because the first step is always awareness. Now, there's one other thing I just want to add on to this episode, and this is a quick little postscript. I started writing again. Now, I've had an on and off relationship with writing. I love it when I do it, and then something happens and I stall out. And it's been crazy because while I do do it, it gives me such a sense of fulfillment. Uh, I really do enjoy having written and often actually enjoy the process too, often, not always. Um, it's still difficult. And I've started again, and I love it. It's amazing. I've been writing for a week right now, and I'm like six and a half thousand words into a high fantasy short story about immortal warriors and ogres and vampires. And it's just the bee's knees. I'm loving it. And at the same time, I've I posted on Facebook to see if there was interest in a writing workshop for me to launch. And I got so much interest. And combined with the energy I'm feeling as I do my own writing, I'm going to do it. And so this is for people who want to write and haven't, or who started to write and have stalled out. If that is you, then shoot me a quick note. Just send me an email, paul at carvanis.com. That's K-A-R-V-A-N-I-S. I want to hear about what you want to write, what you're being called to write, and 
some of the obstacles that you faced on your way here. Thanks. And until next time, dream big, live bigger, and take the opportunity to express your soul through words. You might find it actually really works for you. Peace.